And a good morning to you once again. The time is now 8.31. You're tuned in and locked in right here to the Keep the Morning Moving morning show. And as the song said, there is hope because we're going to learn some things today about some great leadership qualities. We're going to talk about leadership qualities that President Zelensky is, uh, can share with us, all right, and those that are in leadership positions from author Rick Simmons. Simmons is the Forbes book co-author of Unleash, Harnessing the Power of Liminal Space. He also is the co-founder and chief executive officer of Telos Institute, which helps leaders in business and industry hone their leadership skills and optimize their business strategy and embrace change and strategic advantage. Prior to founding, Simmons spent 10 years in various senior uh, uh, strategies and sales leaderships positions within the financial service industry and today we welcome Rick Simmons. Good morning to you sir. Good morning Jerry, thanks so much for having me. Listen, I'm excited about having you. We had a few technical problems here and working through that but I said I definitely got to get him on today because I've been looking forward to talking to you about leaderships and what you believe we can learn from the president of Ukraine. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to be on, and clear, clearly we're living in a world where leadership is as important today as ever before. Yes, absolutely. Because I believe that when a crisis arises, a leader, a true leader, rises up. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think moments present themselves where leadership is disproportionately important. And, you know, at Talos, we... We call these periods liminal space, these periods of discontinuity that create an openness to change and really an invitation for leaders to do exactly what you said, Jerry, rise up and, um, and, and, and lead us all when it's needed most. Well, as you said, we're in this transition time and a lot of people are having to do a lot different. As, as it relates to leadership, what we did maybe two years ago, we're finding we have to do something totally different. And as we're watching what's playing out over the world news and on the news as it relates to the war in, uh, the war in Ukraine, how do you figure that the president is showing us some qualities that we can take as leaders? Yeah, it's a good question, Jerry. And I, I think I want to start by distinguishing between being electable and governing well. And I think in the world today, we, we tend to homogenize those two things. And I think that, that what we're seeing from President Zelensky is that he, he was very electable. Mm -hmm. he, he seized on an anti-corruption tipping point in this country. Mm -hmm. And what you're now seeing is that he's also capable of governing well. And I, I think what, what he's doing amidst his own country's period of disruption are a few things. Number one, he's leading with action. Mm -hmm. he's, he's showing up with a spirit of self-sacrifice and equality. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always an important set of attributes. Well, as you said, the first quality, and, you said the first quality is that he's likable? Is that what you said? Uh, electable. Okay, say that for yeah, me one more time. He's, uh, he's electable. Uh-huh. Okay, gotcha. Jerry, he, 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 he's, um, I think, 
and, and part of that could be that he's likable and um, uh, you know people resonate with him. Mm-hmm. He's, um, you know, he's highly electable. But you know, in this country, we've elected many people that aren't necessarily skilled or prepared to govern well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what President Zelensky is showing is the qualities to do both. Mm-hmm. Well, and as you said that too, because there could be certain leaders that are good in one area, but to govern, you have to definitely know your stuff in most areas. And so what we're seeing maybe in leadership that they may be qualified in one season in one particular area, but not to cover rural things and crises that take place, even in business. So are you saying that by watching him, we're learning how a leader governs well? Because even seeing him come live on television, come live on Facebook and Instagram, with all of this going on around him is commendable. Yeah, it is, Jerry. And I, I think that the second point I would make is that um, he is grounding his country in what's enduring. You know, there's so much change happening around them right now. Mm-hmm. So much unexpected activity. And I think great leaders amidst these periods of disruption ground themselves and those around them in what has been true and will remain true. Their their culture, mm-hmm. their values, their purpose. And I think we're seeing President Zelensky do that quite effectively. And it's it's keeping this country together. Yeah. Now, when you say that a leader grounds themselves, explain that to us. Well, I, I think that when so much is changing around you, it's it's easy to be distracted by these, you know, bright, shiny new uh, daily headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, horrifically, in President Zelensky's world, it's a, a new bombing or a, a new insurgency of a city in, in this country. But even in an everyday situation, we can get distracted by these bright, shiny new objects. And I think what he's doing is he's keeping them focused on why staying together as a country is so important. Why going arm in arm and and resisting uh, uh, what's happening across their borders is so important. And I think keeping this country together and why they've been so successful in keeping the uh, the Russians uh, at bay. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say that, because we see the exact opposite as it relates to what's going on with Russia, because we're also hearing that a lot of the soldiers are even abandoning their, uh, you know, their battle gear and leaving. Do you believe it's a lack of communication? Because as you said, Zelensky is telling the people, this is why we're fighting, this is why it's important. And as a leader, it's important to make communication prior, I mean, be in communication with the people. Yeah, Jerry, so true. I, I, I think that we're seeing the, the why mm-hmm. on both sides of the border is, is so important. The why that Zelensky is baking into all of his communication mm-hmm. has been so important. And the lack of it on the other side of the border is, is as obvious as well. 
Well, when you say that, that kind of dispels the myth that most leaders, you know, may have of, I don't have to explain, I'm the leader. Do you say, throw that idea out of the window? Yeah, I think it does. And I, I will say that the, the thing that makes President Zelensky really distinctive mm-hmm. is how multilingual he is. Yeah. And I don't mean just that he speaks Ukrainian and Russian and English, but he's multilingual in, in the modalities in which he communicates. You just talked about being on Twitter and other platforms. Right. He's, he's, he's multilingual in terms of how he's getting his message out. He's, he's uh, by training, a licensed attorney. So he's multilingual in, in the tools and techniques of collaboration. And has been well documented that he's a former actor. So he's well trained in, in the positioning and, the, and the, the delivery of key messages all makes him a very effective multilingual leader. Now, I like that you said that, that you hear, heard me say earlier about Twitter and all the other platforms to be on, because I know that I was led to go to different platforms and chose not to, and we got blocked off of Facebook. And had I followed the lead of just using my other platforms, I would have been prepared for some things. But I'm glad that that kind of happened in order for me to realize the importance of being on so many different platforms that we're already on and utilizing those platforms because the message has to get out. As we're seeing what's happening even in Russia, how they're, you know, causing the message not to be able to go out and not allowing the news to come forth and the communication to come forth and a lot of platforms being taken out. We have to recognize as leaders, it has to be a way that we have to work it to get the message out at all costs, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. I, I, I think learning is a product of repetitive message. Mm-hmm. And I think that getting those messages out on multi-channels allows us to, to, to take in that information in a way that's effective for us. Mm. You know, 140 characters might be your optimal mode of digesting that information, but I might need it differently. That's so good. I think broadcasting on those various channels is really important. Now, is that hard for with those that have been in leadership a long time? As you said, with Zelensky, he was a comedian before this, an entertainer before becoming a president. So some things for him comes naturally of making sure that he has a stage. Do you think that is a hard transition for those that are in that transition of saying, listen, it may have worked this way for the last 40 years, but now we have to move forward in this way? Yeah, I, I so agree, Jerry. And and I, th- I think there's a real opportunity here for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about President Zelensky, and, and, and you said, you know, what comes natural to him, I would say it comes natural to him now because he's taught himself well over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity for all of us to, to see whatever it is we're doing right now as a period of preparation for everything that comes next. And, and I think that it's hard to predict what we're doing now, how it can prepare us for what's next. Hmm. So being a student of our current craft, whether that be a comedian or, 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 or being a barista or, or, or whatever it may be, 
I think it's an invitation to fully invest ourselves in that because I'm sure President Zelensky never thought that his career as a comedian would be serving him well now. And I think in much the same way, that may be the case for each of us. I like what you just said about becoming a student of your craft. Ex elaborate on that a little more for our audience. Yeah, I think the, the, the skills necessary to, to be a successful comedian, to be a successful, I, I used the, a barista, you know, someone who's professionally serves coffee, mm -hmm. uh, or whatever it is, the skills of awareness, of attentiveness, of empathy, of, of excellence, transcend any role, any job, or any opportunity that might come to us in the future. And so I think really being studious about that, really drilling down about how to be distinctive in whatever role we're in right now is probably the greatest preparation we can do for everything that comes next. I love that. Tell us a little bit about your institute. So, uh, over 15 years ago, my my co-founder, Amy Simmons, um, my wife and partner in all ways, became aware that some of the societal mechanisms of support in this digitally disconnected world had gone away. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to create a, a venue a virtual venue for leaders, teams, and organizations globally who continue to evolve their ability to think strategically, lead effectively, and manage change well. And so for the last 15 plus years, we've been working with leaders and teams and organizations around the world to help them do just that. And you said this world of digitally disconnected. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, I think what, what we're all finding, Jerry, is that um, these, these new channels of distribution mm -hmm. that we spoke about a few minutes ago create reasons for us not to come together. Mm. Maybe we don't have to have Sunday dinner together because I can just broadcast it out on Twitter. Mm. I can just text you. You don't have to come over for a barbecue. And I think we've We've lost some of those more traditional ways of engaging and communicating with each other. And I think we've learned a lot from each other mm -hmm. in, those, in those instances. So we wanted to create a venue for leaders to be able to come together, work together, learn from each other, whether that be through a professional coaching engagement whether it be ways to bring their leadership team together in a meaningful and an accelerated way, or to help them think through how they can communicate with their entire organization in a more meaningful and effective way. And I believe that people basically feed off of one another. If you've got a great group of people that are uh, innovators and they're together, they can kind of feed off of one another. Now, how do we redirect that? Because since the global pandemic, a lot of people have been working remotely. And a lot of we've been using Zoom and other things that has brought us back to the digital age. How do you believe that we can get people back together to be able to work in person together, to feed off of one another? Yeah. 
Well, that's that's a big question, Jerry. But I, I will say this: um, I, I think that that what people crave is is meaningful connection. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that historically we have found that that's e- more easily generated when we're together, mm-hmm. when we're sharing space. But I think we can be more intentional about asking each other questions that drive more intimacy, that peer into what matters most to each of us, even in a virtual environment. Hmm. I think we naturally get get into those conversations when we're together physically, but I think we can be more effective about prompting those discussions if we can't be in each other's space. Hmm. So how does that relate to leadership as far as galvanizing people, asking questions for leaders who have, let's say, a minimal staff and how to build those relationships of trust to produce even greater? Yeah. Well, I've I've long believed, Jerry, that the questions we ask each other Mm -hmm. say say more about our confidence, you know, our ability to lead well, than any answers to any questions we might give. And, and, and it's also true that the questions we ask each other predict the direction of the conversation we're going to have. So I think that as leaders, we can, we can be really thoughtful about the set of questions we use. For example, on a team meeting, instead of asking, hey, what are the barriers that you're facing? What are the anxieties that you're experiencing? We can also ask, how can I help you win in your role? Mm. What's been the most important way that you've contributed to the organization over the past week? What's the most important thing you need to do in the coming week? Now, those sound somewhat nuanced, Mm -hmm. but there's a significant shift in those questions that unleash a whole different kind of energy from within us. I believe that to be true, especially because of the season that we're coming out of, as I said, the lockdowns, the global pandemic, and people are going back into the workforce, and it's like, let's produce, let's produce, let's get these numbers, and we really haven't taken out time. Many people have lost loved ones. Many people have gone through some psychological things in this time, with seeing everything that's going on in the world. And so in order to make mass production, you would have to talk to the person first to see how, I like the quick, I like what you just said. How can I help you win? Right, right. Well, and I would, I would add, Jerry, um, in, in our book, Unleashed, that you referenced, we, we share an equation, a couple of equations in the book. I, I, uh, I find it fun to take complex human dynamics and turn them into equations. And, and one of them is that anxiety equals uncertainty times helplessness. And so I think one of the things we can do as leaders is to focus on the right side of that equation. How can I create more certainty for my team in, in a world that's filled with uncertainty, by the way? Mm-hmm. But but what what can I what what can I provide them in terms of certainty? And then I think as you as you 
mentioned coming back to the office, giving our team some sense of control, some degree of domain that they can have over their back-to-work experience, mm-hmm. some choicefulness that they can exercise in, in, in an environment that feels like they don't have a lot of choices. That can help manage the left side of that equation. Well, do you think that has to deal with the great resignation, why so many people are not going back to work? Why do you believe that's the case? Well, I, I think like most things, Jerry, that's multifactorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- meaning, I think this, this disruptive period mm-hmm. has caused people and given them the luxury of time to say, wait a minute, why am I working 70 hours a week? Hmm. In service of what? And, and so I think there's a fair amount of people that have had the time to ask themselves that question. I think there's other folks that I would say are, are engaged in what I would call the great recontracting. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is they, they may not want the same quote-unquote contract they had with work, but they want a different contract with work. They want to build work around the life. They don't want to build a life around the work. Mm. And I think a lot of folks are, are hitting the button, the eject button, to, to disrupt what they've been doing to give them the time to rethink about what they want it to look like next. I like that. I like that, Rick. Tell us a little bit about your book, Unleash. Just the title itself makes you want it. Yeah, uh, thank you, Jerry. I, you know, um, liminal, liminal space, um, that's a new term for a lot of people. You know, by definition, liminal means threshold. You know, betwixt or between. You know, there was a moment I was in this room. Uh, uh, a few minutes later, I'll be in the next room. But then there's that threshold period when I'm neither in that room or this room. And I think what, what Amy and I and our, our organization has discovered is that those in-between periods, these threshold moments, create and and enable tremendous power. There are periods of discontinuity that create an openness to change. You know, as human beings, we're pattern-recognizing, mimicking machines. Mm-hmm. And unless we have these disruptive moments, it's really hard to change behavior. So as a leader, as a team, as an organization, if we miss the power that resides in those transitional moments, we've missed one of the most high-leverage opportunities that we have. So the book is really about sharing a process for harnessing those periods mm-hmm. and sharing a number of stories where clients of ours have, have done just that quite effectively. I like that you said that this is a new term because I actually had to look it up for myself to see what it meant because I thought it was a typo at first and I said, no, let me make sure this is not. And I love that because it is like a threshold. It is like an in-between. You're not where you were and you're not where you're going. You're kind of in the middle and you can't miss 
this shift of what the direction is, even as I relate to radio. I look at radio totally different than I did over 25 years ago. I look at it more not so just entertainment, but making sure that we're informed, making sure there's no disinformation, wanting a different quality of broadcaster, and to take it more seriously and know the responsibility that we have. So I believe there's a lot of companies and a lot of leaders in that space right now of saying, I can't do the same that I did last year, and I don't know quite how to get it from here to there. Yeah. Well, so, so true, Jerry. And I, I would say I like to use the image of a trapeze artist. Mm-hmm. You know, he or she has to let go of, of, the, of the one bar while at the same time they're stretching and reaching for the next bar. And for a few moments, they have their hands on neither. And so that's really where the Telos Institute does its work. That's what Unleashed is all about, is managing that period where you let go of one bar and you strive and reach for the next bar. And if we can really leverage that period effectively, it sets us up for success in everything that comes next. Who needs to get that book, Rick? So you can buy it on all your favorite book playing platforms, mm-hmm. uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Uh, it's certainly in physical form, Kindle versions, audio versions, um, your favorite platforms, it's available. Now, are you open for speaking engagements? Do you do speaking engagements as well? We are, Jerry. Uh, what we have found is a number of uh, leaders have read the book. And they realized that this, this notion of liminal space is this, this renewable energy source for their teams. So a number of leaders have you know, bought it for their leadership teams and have asked us to come in and, and, and do some roundtable discussions or do some talks and facilitate um, about how they can leverage this idea and this power of liminal space. Let them know how they can contact you or give us your website. Yeah, so uh, our website's probably the best uh, portal uh, for that. And we're at thetelosinstitute.com. You'll find links there to access the book for purchase if you like it. Learn more about this idea of liminal space. uh, And certainly learn more about the work we do at the Telos Institute. And can you spell that for them, thetelosinstitute.com, so they'll know that one more time? Yes. Yeah, just like it sounds. uh, T-H-E-T-E-L-O-S, the word institute is its own little spell, dot com. Great. And if you're just now logging on and you missed this information, it will be available to you on Spotify, Google Play, podcast as well. Rick, I thank you so much for taking our time to speak with us on today. And I'm definitely going straight to Amazon to get this book today. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate your good questions and this fun chat. I appreciate you, too. Look forward to having you back, Rick. Thank you so much. You have a great day.